Monster Game Night is a dark comedy actual play podcast that contains personal and political horror. The show is not appropriate for children, and adults can find content warnings in our episode descriptions. Welcome to our Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, Bluegrass by Night, where our coterie goes on a road trip to destroy the wards protecting the fictional city of Jamestown. This is Josh, and I play Clear Visions, the ubiquitous Toreador. I don't know what that means. This is Ben, playing Tommaso, the moist Hecata. This is Russell, playing Gordon, the explosive Lissambra. I'm Mike, and I play your sanctimonious storyteller. So what happened last time on Monster Game Night? Well, Gordon decided to uh, visit his sire in Crownvale, where he received some information about Lucas Thorne being a lackey of the 14th century, also known as the SI. He decided to send him a little package in the form of Officer Hagen and a, a little explosive device to kind of send a message to him. The coterie went to the nursery underneath the Newport Aquarium, and it led to a hidden cave. Tommaso and Jason decided to take a dip and investigate. When we got down there, we found the same thing we'd seen in Oxford. Some old, decrepit kindred staked in a cage. This time there were chains wrapped around them and fish eating them all up. We tried to break them out, didn't work. Jason decided the only way would be to outswim Tommaso and attempt to diabolize. <laughs> Unfortunately, he wasn't nearly as successful as Tommaso was. Finally, the coterie reunited, but we had the police on route. So Clear Visions created a false trail to throw him off our scent for our daring escape. To set the scene, tonight's session opens in the Mother Luna Nursery beneath the Newport Aquarium. It's a gleaming, world-class marine veterinary facility, seemingly imbued with the power to perform miracles and facilitate even the most desperate of pregnancies. Despite being located hundreds of miles from any coastal environment that could justify any expertise. Of course, the Coterie now knows that's probably a consequence of the ward that was placed there so long ago by the Elder Prophet of the Order of Izmir. And of course that, attempting to diabolize that ward, probably broke that power. The floors and walls are gleaming white tile with large pools set into them, currently occupied by a few recovering and newly born creatures. There's a strong smell of salt water mixed with sanitizer. It's hot and humid. Clear Visions is standing beside Suzanne, dressed nicely in an evening dress while Jerry is nearby, carrying Suzanne's very large leather handbag. Tommaso and Jason are emerging from the murky depths of a roughly circular rocky grotto. Jason's mouth and face are blood-stained from his attempt to diabolize the kindred found at the bottom, while Tommaso looks irritated. You can hear now sirens getting louder, voices on megaphones, and looking around you see a small catwalk leads back to the exhibits proper, while there's a flight of stairs leading somewhere, perhaps to the root. Jason, as you ascend, reflecting on your failed diablery, rising through the water after the green light fades behind you, climbing through the murky water, pulling yourself to the surface, you expect the water to lighten, to become brighter, to clear, that you should be able to see. But it doesn't feel that way at all. You feel like you're nodding off, like you're becoming more exhausted, like the Vitae that you consumed, it's not sustaining you. It almost feels like it's dragging you down and exhausting you. With a tremendous push, you kick yourself to the surface and you feel the water breaking overhead. There's a blinding flash of light and I need you to give me a roll of composure plus resolve. And Alan? Aww. Two. 
Jason feels the Vitae within him still wrestling with the presence of the kindred that he attempted to diablerize, consuming his mind. He feels himself washed away and with not a breath because Jason doesn't breathe, but in a heartbeat, his heart doesn't beat either. <laughs> in a blink. Jason's he doesn't blink, blink either. <laughs> in, in an instant, Jason's consciousness is gone. No such thing as instant. <laughs> Time He's is a meaningless. <laughs> Time becomes meaningless to Jason, and he finds himself drifting away. The first blissful sleep he's had since becoming a kindred. All right, kid, what's your next smart idea? Hey. Hey, you gonna say anything? Hey, Clear, he attempted to go to town on the Kindra that was down there, and it didn't go so well, so I think you and I are gonna have to deal with this. That sounds like a private matter. Well, it probably should have been, but I was there too. All right, do you have any idea how we're getting out of here? Oh, uh, don't... Okay, watch where you're stepping. Don't step over there. I made a... That's my distraction. We'll go the other way, and I'll point to, like, another doorway. Wait, did you actually, like, take the time to make footprints? Yeah, I walked backwards a lot. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna admit, I'm actually slightly impressed right now. Thank you. I don't know why you wouldn't be. So you said there's a catwalk running into here. Yep. Would I have to roll to go over and rip the catwalk off? Give me a roll of strength plus athletics, which I'm sure is the role you were hoping for. It's one of them, yes. Four hunger dice, though, so this is interesting. <laughs> For hunger? Yes, I've been at for hunger for a while. True. We see Suzanne walks over to Jerry. Jerry's a pretty large guy, mostly heavy set. We don't know how strong he is, but she reaches over, takes her bag, slightly rattling now with the sound of the metal surgical instruments that she's raided from the veterinary drawers. Jerry, go help him. Help Tommy. Add two dice to your roll for this. Five successes. Tommaso walks over to the metal catwalk. He has to step slightly underneath of it. Jerry takes a position directly across from him. The two of them begin to pull the metal aluminum that forms this walkway. We see it begin to bend and deflect. They're not successful in destroying it completely, but it's going to be hard for someone to get across without jumping. All right, good enough for government work. Let's go. Jerry turns around, walks back over. You can see he's sweating and his cheeks are ruddy now. Suzanne hands him her bag back. As we are walking by, I slap Jerry and I go, hey, that wasn't bad. Thanks. Good show. All right, this is your idea, so lead the way. All right. I think I need to be back here in case they catch up to us. I pull out my gun. Can you stop waving that thing around, please? I'm leading the way. And I'm <laughs> and I'm going to go. I'm holding it like fully extended arms straight out from my body. <laughs> I'm going to pop a cap. Let's roll. <laughs> like a nine foot long revolver. <laughs> I should have grabbed that thing. Rotates it 90 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not how that works. That's a kill shot. <laughs> Jason, you feel yourself being led along just a little bit. It manages to make its way through the stupid haze in which you find yourself. Huh? What was happening? You hear voices in the background like they're coming through water, like they're muddled and unclear. Time to go, kid. I don't care what condition you're in. Tommy. Not now. I'm so tired. Eventually, you hear Tommaso, unclear, vague, but you feel something grab you by the hand or someone lead you along. So, 
Clear Visions reaches a door leading to what looks like a stairwell. He can see it's a steel door with the rectangular window cut into it with the security mesh through it. He looks in and he sees a fluorescently lit poured cement stairwell. Uh, he sees stairs leading both up and down. I checked the handle. Is it locked? It is not locked. Perfect. I was going to shoot that lock off. No, no, Let's you go up. You begin to proceed upstairs. You can hear now the sound of sirens has gotten very loud. You can hear megaphones ordering the crowd to disperse and stand back. And you hear another voice. Breach, breach, breach. You hear a crash as multiple explosive charges detonate simultaneously. You hear a cascade of noise as rubble and the remains of what was once the entrance to this building appear to be blown wide open from multiple entry points. You begin proceeding towards the stairwell with that noise following on your heels. You begin to climb, reach the top of the first flight of stairs, and you see now there's a series of metal girders and walkways that cross over top of all of the tanks in the aquarium. They're probably used for maintenance access, but you see like bridges suspended from the sky they have steel cables coming down from the roof supporting them clear visions has seen arrangements like this at the top of stages very often but there is another flight of stairs if you wish to go up which way are we going you're leading the way tally ho let's go across those catwalks wait you didn't come up here before did you no i i was appreciating the fine art what were you doing all right, just use your best instinct. I got to make sure these cops stay up. Perfect. I let my gun lead the way. <laughs> <laughs> so Clear Visions and his 12-foot revolver step out onto the catwalk. It's a little bit shakier than if you were walking on solid ground because it's suspended from cables. It sways a little bit, and you can hear it clank and shake as the coterie steps onto it. Jerry, in particular, looks very uncomfortable with this. You can see he's clutching the handrail really tightly while holding Suzanne's bag very close to his chest. Hey, hey, dude, just hand me the bag, okay? Tommy, that's my bag. No. Do you want him to fall in with the bag? I can keep it more secure. You need your hands free. Jerry doesn't. That's true. Suzanne turns around, looks at Jerry, and she says, that's your job. You keep my bag safe. You proceed along the walkway, and you can hear now voices, the hallways that were previously occupied by partygoers and the well-to-do, discussing the artwork that had been positioned in the museum, and you see clouds of fog and smoke rolling through, conjured seemingly by these first response teams. You see flashlights shining through the haze, and you see those flashlights being carried by whoever is responding to this shooting. They sweep for a moment. You see the SWAT team begin to stack up outside the door that is one story beneath you. Okay, I put the gun away. Now all of you, we're going to be quiet and stealthy for the next seven minutes while we escape here. That's all I got. I would like you all to verbally confirm we will be stealthy. <laughs> You notice that Jason, darker complexion than the rest of the coterie, his face now, it's gone chalk white, bone white, whiter than even the most elder kindred you've ever met. His eyes, the pupils are totally gone. He looks around almost blindly, silently, staring at the coterie waiting for direction. Crap, I think that same thing's happening to him that happened to me. Quietly. You know that's not in my skill set. Okay, Tommy, we're doing a lot of talking here. It's, please follow in Jason's footsteps and shut your mouth and I'll keep walking. 
So if you're trying to sneak, I yes. think that it's reasonable for me to say that I need a dexterity plus stealth roll. I am not trying to do that. You're just walking across these metal grates? Nope. I am going to run in the other direction and go up the stairs. Oh, shit. Okay. Stealthily? Okay. No. Opposite of stealthily? Yes. Trying to make a lot of noise? Yes. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. I have decided I don't like the direction that this is going, and I'm going to try to give them time while I figure out something else. Okay. So, Clear Visions, give me your dexterity plus stealth roll. I'm going to arouse the blood. Okay. I do get hungrier. God damn. Six. Tommaso, you're trying to lead this group away. Yeah. So, you said there was a further flight up, right? There was a further flight up. So, you're trying to get... That's what I'm headed for. How are you trying to... But you said you were trying to get their attention. You want them to follow you. I'm going to basically run across the catwalk, banging my feet, and then when we get to where we came up the stairwell, if there's like a door or anything like that, I'm going to slam it shut. I don't think that requires a dice roll. I think that we can resolve that without one. I don't think there is any possibility of failing at running loudly and slamming a door. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. And so as soon as I do that, I'm basically taking the turn as quickly as I can and just headed up the next flight of stairs. Okay. So in a moment, Clear Visions drops down low onto his tiptoes in very classic bear crawl sneaking stance. Suzanne looks bewildered. Jerry looks sweaty and even more concerned than he already was. Tommaso turns and begins to run and we hear with a crash the steel door that leads into the nursery is kicked open. We see the first officer fly through the door, rifle at the ready, plummets immediately, falls down eight feet off of the catwalk onto the ground. We see the entire stack of officers behind him stepping forward and falling forward, each of them landing with an ungraceful thud on the tile floor beneath it. Eventually they stop, about four of them pause for a moment and realize they're going to have to jump across this. They're distracted. They don't see Tommaso running in the chaos of watching their their teammates plummet and fall. That distraction worked. You see four of the officers crawling and slowly climbing to their feet. Clear visions, you're pretty sure you disappeared right now. Tommaso, you could get their attention anytime you wanted. You were the star of the show. Now that I know that they're distracted like that, I want to at least sow confusion about which way we went. So I want to damage the door to the top stairwell, look like it was forced open. So then they're at least going to have to split up and check both ways. You know what dice roll I'm going to call for for that? Yep, let's do it. Clear visions, you're going to continue sneaking? Yes. All right, I'm not going to call for another dice roll for that because I think right now it's so easy. There's just so much chaos that it's child's play to continue sneaking away from. They have much bigger problems to contend with right now. However... I do want to know how well Clear Visions laid his fake tracks from earlier. So we're going to find that one out. I okay. need Clear Visions to give me a roll of manipulation plus craft. And I am choosing those because manipulation is twist others to your point of view, lie convincingly, and dupe. And craft is, of course, artistry, creation, and building. Ooh, no. I did so good. <laughs> <laughs> I did not because... Since I'm at four hunger, I only rolled two successes, and they're both on hunger die. Shit. Nice. 
You watch as the officers struggle to their feet. You see now the rear of the stack is jumping across the broken portion of the catwalk and making their way down the stairs beyond, totally ignoring the false trail that Clear Visions laid, unfortunately. They realized that these were a little bit too... a little bit too much of a character of real footprints to be believable, or they've dried up by now. Either way, totally, they don't even notice them. I think since I was trying to sow confusion about which way we went... I make it way too obvious which way we went. Oh, I love that. But you don't fail. You only, you got two successes. I I succeeded, but... Badly. Yeah, but badly. Yeah. So I'm draw. I fully drew their attention to me instead of only partly. I think that makes sense. As Clear Visions sneaks away with Suzanne and Jerry... Jason. And Jason crawling behind, we see that Clear Visions is kind of hugging Jason along a little bit. The officers step in, totally not distracted by Clear Vision's attempted distraction. And of course, they don't see the rest of the coder that's crawling away. But Tommaso feels the beast rise within him, feels the anger, the fact that Jason dumped him to try to race and get the Diablerie first. And then he's the one who's doing all the dirty work all the goddamn time. Why is it always his job? To get the coterie out of these messes, he's the only one who pulls his weight around here. So when he reaches the door that he's trying to make it look like, lead them off and force them through, what if he just let these bastards behind? What if he just went through it really fucking loud? He can take all these cops. Fuck this he's door. so fucking strong. He's killed so many goddamn cops, it's so goddamn easy. We hear a crash as Tommaso pulls back a Hulk fist and just slams it completely through the door. A massive impact crater ripples out. We see the metal tear, a little bit of it cutting Tommaso's fist as he pulls it back out. He hears behind him all the officers saying, up there, up there, go, go, go. And he hears now footsteps racing up the stairs behind him. Provisions, Suzanne and Jason. And Jerry. And Jerry. And Teresa. There's a lot of Jays. Teresa, who is riding along on Clear Vision's back. A little too heavy to fly right now. You also forgot the hammer, (laughs) which is my gun. The five of you reach the end of the catwalk, and you find a steel door at the end. You try it, it's locked. Does it look like it requires a card key, or... Looks like it requires a classic mechanical key. Perfect. I take out my gun, and I shoot it six times. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well... There goes my distraction. Wait, wait. He, he shoots it 20 feet away with his 18-foot-long gun. <laughs> pop, 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 sideways. Yeah, it's point, it's point blank and a kill you shot. Really, so. You really need to stop getting so excited. I need Clear Visions to give me a roll. <laughs> the more people around, the more excited he gets. <laughs> Ooh, composure. Ooh. I believe this is a composure plus firearms roll. Tommaso, what are you doing? I, as- I assume these stairs are leading up to the roof, so I'm going to keep going up be correct in that assumption. All right. Let me know what happens when I get to the top. That's a real messy crew. How messy? (laughs) How critical? (laughs) I mean, I got five. You got five successes. Yeah. Any of those crits? Messy critical. Okay. That's how I got five. On Hunger Dice? Yes. That's what makes it messy. Oh, I love this so much. The dice knew the story I wanted to tell by firing six shots deep into the locking mechanism. (laughs) I would actually agree with that. Clear Vision's stands up. He's tired of fucking hiding. Clear Visions is tired of fucking. (laughs) Not a problem for him anymore. (laughs) Clear Visions is beautiful. 
He's here to be seen. He wears all white. He is not made for sulking around, hiding from anyone. Everyone should see him. Everyone should know he's here. I'm not the main character in a spy movie. This is an action. And then I'll take shots. He draws his revolver, fans the hammer. And as he's doing this, he feels the glamour that is Clear Vision's presence beginning to unfold and unleash itself. Oh, I'm activating all. <laughs> his awe produces a radiant aura around him. Flashing, glimmering golden light spills out from around Clear Visions like he's an angel. He looks up and he sees all of that was on camera, but he doesn't give a shit as he sprays six revolver rounds into the lock and he watches as one of them ricochets <laughs> and catches Jerry in the knee. Oh! Jerry goes down hard. We see a spray of blood all along the catwalk behind him as the round totally totally penetrates through his thigh. Okay, Jerry, don't waste any of that. That belongs to me. Jason, you hear what could be the sound of gunshots, but if they were turned down to one and covered with static and cotton. Cacao! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Blat! Blat! That's the sound of clear visions. Yeah! <laughs> Tommaso, as you slam the door to the rooftop open and put your very first footfall onto it, you look out, you see a purplish-blue clear night. You see the skyline of Porconati in the distance. You see the skyline of Newport around you, the bridges crossing. It's beautiful. It's calm. And then you hear the rapid report of six gunshots and the ricocheting sound of metal being thrown about. Booyah! <laughs> you hear some of the offers behind you saying, turn around, turn around, go back, go back. He's not the one we want. Thanks. I hope they fall in the hole again. <laughs> so I, if I remember correctly, this aquarium is on the riverfront, correct? Yep. How close yep. am I to the river? About Five 20 feet. feet. All right. I assume I can jump that. You are probably able to. I am making a run for it. I'm pulling a fugitive and I'm diving into the water. All right. This is fucking good. Okay. Is dexterity athletics, which I know I'm just giving you all roles that you want, Fair. but we're going to go with that. Tommaso looks out across the rooftop. He sees it's littered with equipment, industrial cooling towers, air conditioners, ventilation shafts, all sorts of interesting, fun things that live on this grimy, gravel-covered rooftop. He Tommaso... Begins to run across the rooftop, his work boots crunching through the gravel. He can feel the water dripping off of him now, flinging out behind him. He reaches the edge of the roof. He leaps up into the air, throwing himself off towards the river. I am absolutely willpowering this roll. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Four successes. Four successes. Hey, it got better. Don't look at me like that. Tommaso sprints, leaps into the air, finds himself falling, not leaping as far as he wanted to. The ground, the shoreline rushes up towards him. Ow. Alarmingly fast. He didn't quite make it to the river. All right. He made it a few feet. He made it to the bank, but he didn't make it into the river proper, into the depths of the river that would make this fall not injure him. Finds himself Coming down on a pile of rocks, he feels his body slam into the jagged stones along the side of the river. 
and then roll forward into the water. He feels the cold water envelop him as he rolls down. He takes two points of superficial damage. Still would have been a better result than staying up there. So I'm good with that. Clear visions. Jason and Suzanne kick the door open. The Clear Visions has just unlocked via firearm. And they find themselves at the very top of the foyer that crowns the entrance of the Newport Aquarium. They can see blue banners draped down from the domed rooftop. They can see a blue velvet staircase leading down. The walls are festooned and decorated with marine life. And at the very center underneath of the dome is a silver placard in the shape of the moon that when they read it when they entered, discussed Mother Luna, the Mother Luna nursery. And I assume that they're going to make their way down this staircase. They can see it's empty. It's abandoned. They see wreckage and debris from when the SWAT team made its very aggressive entry. What do you wish to do? Gonna run down the steps and out the door. Clear With my gun straight in the air. Runs down the step. This is a daring caper. <laughs> Very long and unwieldy firearm bouncing around in front of him all over the place. Suzanne says, Jerry, we better hurry up. You're not looking so great. Uh, here, drink this. Don't and waste any of that blood. Can see, he's probably a good 10 to 15 feet in front of everybody else just when he starts out down the stairs. When he gets to the bottom, though, he's 50 to 100 feet in front of him. It's going to be at least a minute before Jerry can make his way down this staircase with his knee in the condition it's in. Clear visions. Hey, Jerry. Jerry, do you want me to fix that for you? Jerry, you can see he's torn between you and Suzanne. Suzanne just told him, drink this. Jerry says, I'm feeling a little bit better right now. I... Are you sure I can make all the pain go away? No, you already tried once. You can't have him. I'm going to take everything okay. from you. So, clear visions in the That's foyer. Fine. With a candlestick. <laughs> with a gun. <laughs> with, with the revolver. With the revolver. I'm going to stick my head, I guess, and out the entrance. Off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A massive thing is shoved in his face. <laughs> I'm assuming... A, yes, yeah, I'm just trying to like, take a You're peek. not trying to, like, flash your gun everywhere because clear visions is the shooter that everyone's looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I take a peek, gun first. Do you really do that? <laughs> he sticks to his. Okay. No, I actually take my hand oh, mirror okay. that I have attached to my pocket watch that lives in my other coat pocket, <laughs> and I'm going to stick it out of the door He's and then look the around. Time, everyone. Yeah, he actually takes and t- duct tapes it to his now 20 foot long gun and just sticks it out like a mirror on a stick. <laughs> Clear Visions takes a very crafty, slightly backwards look outside. He sees that a police perimeter has been established around the entrance to the Newport Aquarium. He sees that police lines have been placed, plastic barriers put down. He can see a crowd gathered around. He can see police cars ringing it. And he can see officers standing by on walkie-talkies. And he can also see some of the manning spotlights. He hears behind him the clatter of booted officers running across the catwalk where he just unleashed six rounds into the door. Now's the time to disappear. (laughs) You see as Clear Vision throws a smoke bomb at his feet but just stands still. (laughs) That's totally how these work. One sec. And as I say that, I flourish 
my suit jacket and I activate my new Cloak of Shadows ability <laughs> that I spent seven of my XP on. <laughs> oh. And then I just stand there. <laughs> Effectively oh <my> invisible. <laughs> well, fuck everyone else. That's not entirely true. <laughs> That's it, yeah, literally it exactly true. Else other than him. No, but like, as long as I have some cover, make no sound, and don't move, so I no cannot perfect. be detected. There has to be shadow there, though, right? There's some shadows. It's nighttime. Okay. I mean, the spotlights. He said there's lights outside, yeah, so presumably there's shadows in here. Clear Visions glues himself into the shadows. Somehow, <laughs> Teresa joins him, too. Like, <laughs> I just hold her to my chest. Come here, baby. I'll keep you safe. She's actually standing in front of him with her wings stretched out, creating the shadows he's hiding in. But somehow they're working for her, too. Like The whole thing is really a great bit of teamwork. He's disappeared for the moment. Suzanne doesn't see him. Jerry doesn't see him. Jason doesn't see him. They all walk past. Taught him everything he knows. You hear a murmur from the crowd. You see Suzanne with her hands waving in the air, saying... We got away. We got away safe. But he got hit. And you see Jerry limping behind her a little bit. You see a group of officers coming forward to collect her. And Jason, still looking dazzled and dazed, following behind. That's actually really smart. Good for her. How long is Kirby going to wait? As long as it takes. There's about four (laughs) hours left until dawn. I'll actually wait. So, what I hear that what happens to them? Do they like come up and get help? Or I'm just listening. Sees the group of officers and emergency personnel respond and they begin to wheel Jerry away on a gurney. Meanwhile, Suzanne and Jason are taken off to the side and given a blanket and questioned. And he also hears now the team of SWAT agents that he just distracted run down the stairs behind him and then rush out the door completely past him. They begin Mm. to sweep and search the area for him, but he knows they're not going to find him. Perfect. I'll wait like an hour. You feel a hand take you again, a much smaller one, and you feel other bodies bumping up against you. You hear Suzanne's voice in the distance now. You feel... Hands on you, someone taking your temperature, almost a cool hand across your forehead. And because that's going to work, <laughs> you hear Suzanne's prim voice in the background say, oh, no, that won't be necessary. Thank you. Have a good evening, officer. And you find yourself led away again, being bumped into. Tommaso swims through. I dive deep. Dives deep into the river. At the bottom, it gets it gets silty. It gets mucky. It's like swimming through jello at the bottom of this thing. Yeah, I'm going to stay just above it, just to try to make this a little easier on myself. He stays low, hidden away. He knows they're going to search the river. But if he moves fast enough, he might make it. Yeah. A little while later, Tommaso drags himself out of the water quite far away, pulls himself up onto the rocky bank, stepping through the mud that surrounds it. All of his clothes totally, totally covered in mud, dripping wet, Desert Eagle soaked, cell phone ruined. I mean, it already was anyway. Work boots filled with water, steps out not a far distance away from the parking lot where Rosetta kept the Clear Vision's tour bus. Does it look like there's any police presence around here right now? It does not. Okay. 
It looks quite empty, in fact. All right. I am just going to start squishing my way towards the tour bus. Okay. To wrap things up, what does Tommaso wish to do? I am going to get on board. If none of them are there, I'm going to tell Rosetta. So we got separated and the police showed up. I'm not sure how long the rest of them are going to take, but we can definitely at least hang out as close to dawn as we need to. In the meantime, I'm going to go get a change of clothes and find the blood bag. I've been keeping an eye on the police scanners, and I think we caused quite a stir here. It would be best if we left tonight. We're leaving tonight. Don't worry about that. A little while later, Clear Vision sees an opportunity to sneak away through the crowd while Suzanne manages to persuade the paramedics that Jerry is best off in her care, leading Jason along, still in a daze. About two hours later, the Coterie has regathered on the tour bus, all in various states of disheveled, except for Tommaso, who has had time to put himself back together. And that's two hunger down, right? From feeding? Yep. Okay. Well, wait, what's your blood potency? Still one. Still one. Okay, you hear Rosetta's voice come over the intercom? I believe we're headed to Crowndale next. That's supposedly where the spy man went, so let's go find him. We hear the hiss of hydraulics as the door closes. The bus departs from Newport, all the coterie in tow. It's about a six-hour drive from Newport to Crownvale. Luckily, the bus is very effective at blocking out sunlight, so you'll, be able to, so you'll be able to take your day sleep here. Not as private or as comfortable as, as the travel trailers you used to inhabit, but still, very acceptable. Clear Visions is able to change his clothes, clean and reload his gun. Suzanne gives Jerry a little bit more Vitae to try and help him heal that knee wound. Jason, though, looks to still be struggling with whatever happened to him when he attempted to diablerize the priestess that formed that ward. Is there anything you wish to do before beginning your day sleep? Nope. I am... I, yeah, I've definitely had enough. <laughs> Gordon, no. you have a couple hours. <laughs> I know, I know, you've been by yourself for a while. He's been enjoying this. Gordon, you have a few hours by yourself after you send Officer Brant Hagen off for some impromptu surgery. Yep. And giving him the message you wish to have delivered. What else are you doing tonight? I'm actually going to, while he's un under, I'm going to take this opportunity to um, do a submerged directive. I feel like this is a good moment for that. Um, specifically. So yeah, so submerged directive um, means that I can use mesmerize to embed uh, delayed or trigger command. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to do a rouse check. I do not get hungrier. I'm going to assume that um, my sire, when he was giving instructions for this explosive to be placed in him, that he had some way to detonate it. He had a detonator on hand or something, right? A remote de detonation? I think that's reasonable. Yeah, a radio remote detonator is... Okay. I want to implant the memory that we are going to... Uh, invade Vortex. Like, I want I, I want him to think that this was his idea. I, I want to make it so real that he is going to fight whoever it is that he talks with that he believes it so he could pass a lie detector test. Okay. I'm going to use Rationalize for that. The other thing I'm going to do is I want 
to tell me if this if this is something that I have access to. I want to be able to put a remote. I basically want to wire him up with like a wire, like with a mic on him, where I can hear everything he's saying, but he can't hear me. I only care about being able to hear what's in the room with him. I think that's doable. Okay. Yeah, that microphones can be made very small. What are you? Are you expecting it to be surgically implanted or anything like that? Because that gets a bit yeah. bigger. Um, I'm not expecting it to be surgically implanted, but I do want to make sure that it is hidden in such a way that it's not easily found. Okay, so you want it artfully concealed. Yeah, I, I want it artfully concealed. And I also want to make sure that it can't be detected when someone waves the wand over it or anything like that. So it has to be like all plastic and very little conductive metal. Does that make sense? Okay, That's harder, but potentially doable. So we'll roll some dice to figure out how that okay. goes. The sun begins to rise as our coterie begins their day sleep, each curling up in whatever niche they've managed to carve out for themselves. Aboard the Clear Visions tour bus, or Gordon, who is sleeping in the executive office that his sire makes available to him in Crownvale, the sun rises. The citizens of Newport are rocked by the news that a terror attack occurred within their small, tiny city. Someone tried to shoot up an aquarium. Innocent blood was spilled, and the terrorist leapt from the rooftop, abandoning his hostages behind, escaping into the night such the Newport police weren't able to find him. Officer Brant Hagen conducts his mission. Gordon, if he dreamed, would be sleepless with anticipation. <laughs> I, I just want everybody to note that I held back on that one. I'm proud of myself. Pop off Rocky Horror. You go. Gordon dreamed his day would be sleepless as he awaits the results of Officer Hagen's mission. Days normally dreamless. My days are pretty dreamy. What? I don't know about you. <laughs> the sun sets, the world reshaped and changed by the actions of our small coterie of misfits who were cast aside by their respective clans and alliances. I need each of you to make a rouse check. I'm, I'm good. good. I'm good. What hunger are I you I do get at? hungrier. Three. Every Three. time. Clear Visions feels the beast stirring inside of him. He should have been more majestic when he was shooting down doors. Should have made even more noise. It's Jerry's fault he got shot anyway. Why does he even leave Jerry alive? If Jerry can't be his, should Jerry belong to anyone? Gordon comes to reclining comfortably in the executive office that Douglas McGonnell makes available to him. Oak lining the walls... Heavy door, heavy shutters covering the windows, various arms and armaments lining the walls. Technology is, of course, absent here, but there is a classic corded telephone on the other wall, though how well it transmits his voice will never be known. And, of course, it is adorned with the Catholic iconography favored by the La Sombra. Gordon begins searching for news of how his attack, his trap, for Lucas Thorne proceeded. I need someone to roll seven dice for me. I would love to. Oh, two successes. <laughs> I literally rolled three. Twos. I need someone to roll six dice for me. Allow me. Just know if you fuck this up, you will be forever out of the coterie. You. Will... I don't think you have the power to do that. 
<laughs> I have a question about Lucas Thorne. Does he have a girlfriend? I think he would. I think probably. Did he use the pickup line that he puts He'd the horny in like that. that sounds in character for him canonically, yeah. He's like that. Okay, all right, that's all well, I needed. We doing that. All right, four successes. <laughs> four successes. I need someone to roll six dice My for turn. me. You that's sure? Four successes. Nice. Two, four, four. As Gordon awakens, the sun sets. He hears a small click as the mail slot built into the wall. The nun on the other side slides a small manila envelope into it and descends down a wrought iron metal track for Gordon's perusal. That nun just let in him, his DMs. <laughs> Notice it wasn't called the female slot. <laughs> Checkmate, Christians. <laughs> Gordon opens the envelope. He finds inside there's a cassette tape, old style, but one he can play that works with his Lissambra limitations. And it's marked simply as Lucas Thorne recording. He sees a folded sheet of paper inside. Casting aside the paper for a moment. Well, which, what's he do? I'm not playing your character for you. I was about you. to say, he's going to look at the paper first. Gordon scans the paper and he sees report of explosion. He sees that a someone has printed out a newspaper article for him. He begins to skim it. The newspaper article says, the Crownvale branch of the Bluegrass Police reports a devastating explosion struck their headquarters. Details are still emerging, but late last night, a random explosion shook the city. Early reports suggest it was a terroristic attack from a disgruntled employee. Three victims were pronounced dead at the scene. Names have not yet been released until next of kin are notified, while others were taken by air ambulance to Kingsport Medical Center for emergency treatment. He's going to put that on his desk real fast and then pop in the recording. Gordon places with shaking hands and the cassette into the player. He has to fast forward quite a bit. There is a lot of ambient scuffling noises as Officer Hagen walks through the night. He hears the voice of Officer Hagen come over and say, yeah, yeah, I'm just here to do some paperwork. Don't worry about me. Here's him sit down and we hear the clatter of a keyboard as he begins to enter the search terms and request the information that Gordon instructed him to. This goes on for some time. Officer Hagen makes a convincing display that he's here on legitimate business. He believes in what he's doing after all. Some time passes and suddenly Gordon hears a new voice. You need to come with us. Here's Officer Hagen say, I'm only talking to Lucas Thorne. I have a message for his ears only. Some time passes as the recording just captures the sound of shuffling and fabric being pulled. There's a very long, long wait. Almost lasts for two to four hours. Gordon finds himself waiting with apprehension, sweating, small droplets of blood forming across his forehead. Gordon hears the voice of Officer Hagen saying, the blank bodies are trying to infiltrate Vortex. They're going to use it as a, a base for operations. Lucas Thorne says, I was always suspicious of them. He hears a voice say, What's that? What's that cut? Oh, I know what that is. Set it off. And a few moments later, there's the crash of an explosion. And Gordon gathers that the microphone was hidden, but the explosive was not. And for our listeners, so that you know that I'm not fucking around, because I think that <laughs> storyteller honesty is very important, and you keep trust, and it's important. I am posting what my difficulties were. And you can look at timestamps and see this was before we rolled dice. 
So there. <laughs> of course, Gordon has an upper hand now because Lucas Thorne never knew about the recording. So Gordon knows what Lucas Thorne thinks happened. And Lucas Thorne thinks that Gordon was deceived. So a partial success. So Clear Visions, Tommaso, Jason, you awaken in Crown Vale. And that is a wonderful moment for us to end our session. Hey everyone, we're Monster Game Night. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm Mike, your storyteller, and you have also been listening to... Russell playing Gordon. Ben playing Tommaso. Nick playing Jason. And Josh playing Clear Visions. Tune in next session. We release an episode every other Monday, and you can also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'd love to hear from you on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit at Monster Game Night. Also, please give us a rating, write a review, and tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoyed it. Word of mouth is the best way for a small, independent show like ours to grow. I hope that you can come to our next Monster Monster Game Game Night. Night.